Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lessons of the Wild podcast, the Beginner's Guide to Hunting. I'm your host, Alex Hernandez. Today's episode, we are joined by my good buddy, Mr. Troy Miller of at Eat, Lift, Hunt on Instagram. If you haven't started following him, you should. If you want some great fitness tips and some overall good meals and hunting stuff, he's the dude to follow. Today, him and I had a beer or two, went over some hunting safety stuff. If you feel like we left out anything and that you think it's important, please let us know at lessonsofthewild at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at lessons underscore of underscore the underscore wild. All right, everyone. With that being said, I hope you enjoy. So before Troy and I get into it here, I wanted to clarify something. Uh, from episode number five, our Fundamentals to Firearms podcast. Um, it was brought to my attention by Scott. Thank you for writing in, Scott, that I might have made it seem like that I hunt with a, a round that is full metal jacket, which is, one, inaccurate, and two, it is super illegal. Um, a full metal jacket round does not expand on impact and thus passes through an animal, and they're very illegal to hunt with, and if they are legal, you shouldn't hunt with them. I hunt with a ballistic-tipped round, which does expand on impact, it does have a jacket up until the very, very end in which they put a synthetic, uh, synthetic piece of plastic point on there. So it has the aerodynamics of a full metal jacketed round or similar to, but it has the ability to expand on impact, and those are legal to hunt with. So I just wanted to clarify. I'm sorry for the delay. Here's Troy and I. All right, we're live. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Before we get started, dude, I'm down two more pounds this, as of this morning. That is excellent. Dude, it's working That's great. big time. We're, what, like four weeks in? I think three, right? Three and a half, yeah. Yeah. Three and, and a half. Eight pounds. Hell three yeah. Three and a half weeks. That's what I like to hear. Solid. For everyone who doesn't know, Troy, Mr. Eat, Leaf, Eat, Bleh, 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 Eat Lift Hunt, <laughs> has been uh, putting me on a fitness program so we can win this, uh, is it Built to Hunt? It's Built yeah. for the Wild now. Built for the hunt, something yeah. like that. I don't Built know. to hunt, built for the wild. They're figuring yeah, they it out. They just changed it, but uh, they have a little challenge going. So down eight pounds, gonna win a Traeger. Let's do it. Yeah, let's win some Traegers and some monies. That'd be dope, man. That'd be really dope. And uh, he's here to join us today, talking about hunter safety. Nice. Real fun, real fun. When did you take your hunter safety course, dude? I honest to God cannot even remember. It was back when I was probably like. 12 or something. Really? It's you got to be expired, young. right? Yeah, because you started. Does it expire? Does it ever expire? I don't think it does. I think it's a lifetime. I don't know. I remember when I was in elementary school or middle school or something, I went to Camp Earl Wallace. It's offer, It was offered by, I think, by the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife, and it kind of introduced kids to all things outdoors. That's where I discovered archery. Oh. Um, that's where I first discovered it, and... Uh, that's how that started, um, and also part of that camp was getting your hunter safety orange card or whatever it, whatever it was. That's awesome. Kentucky's like fishing game is it's another on level. Yeah, it it's is on another, point. Indiana's like I had Indiana's. I did Indiana's because I'm from, but it was just like meh. We took a class. We had to take hunter safety, and one I did it twice. Did I ever tell you that? So I yeah, like, you did. I did the online version, which mm-hmm. is the tits. It's great. And then I did the in-person, which was freaking terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was awful. It was like two 
like really nice guys, but they just kind of had their own way of going about it and didn't really cover nearly as much. Was it worse than the concealed carry class? I never had to take one. Oh man, I the one in Kentucky. It's one. so boring. Is it? So it's so boring. I need to take the Kentucky one because my Indiana one's like a floppy piece of paper. It's just destroyed now. Yeah. Or maybe I can get like a plastic. My Kentucky one. one's expired. I need to. They expire. Oh. Because I moved, oh, so my uh, my address is wrong on it now. Which I read on in the little fine print that that means it's expired now since I moved and the address is not right anymore. Uh, um, and you're supposed to renew it like within 30 days of changing your address. Whoops. <laughs> I don't know. It's been like a year and a half, yeah. so I don't know what the what the uh, consequences of that will be. But I'm sure there'll just be a little extra work to do. Yeah. Or maybe you have to take the class again. Oh, that would really suck. That would really suck. <laughs> well, if you do, let if me know. If that's the case, I probably wouldn't even do it since I'm going to be moving here in, yeah, in a minute. six months. Less than six months. Jesus Christ, like four and a half months. Dude, not even four and a half months, right? May? Are you? June. You, I'm moving June there. 9th is when I leave. God. I'm moving to Missouri. They don't care. You could just carry whatever you want over there. <laughs> like, you got a shotgun in your pant leg? America. Fuck yeah. It's great. It's really great, man. But uh, back to Hunter's Ed. So yeah. every state, it seems, has Hunter's Ed requirement. I would imagine so. Yeah, and if you're going to hunt there, you have to <clears throat> take the course. Now, some states uh, have some reciprocity, like if you take Indiana's, I can hunt Kentucky, Missouri, most of the Midwest, but I don't know if that works out for like out West. So it's state dependent, so make sure you take your hunter safety, it's super important, it's super illegal to hunt without it, um, but it's it's very, very helpful as well, and pay good attention to it. I like the online hunter's education courses, um, I thought I wrote down the website here, but I don't think I did. Oh, yeah, hunters-ed.com, and they cover, like, 40 states, which is huge. There's, like, it's mostly eastern states that don't seem to allow it, and maybe, like, one one western state. But You're looking at the microphone like like it's like You're talking to me? Talking to me, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> this beer, one beer in. Half a beer in. Mm-hmm. Oh man! But yeah, um, that's cool though. I didn't know there was a thing that covered multiple states. Yeah, it's it's pretty solid, and it just depends on they. If you go on their website, you can like pick your state and see what additional requirements, if any, there are. So like, I think Alabama had like you need to fill out this form too. Yeah, and blah blah blah. But yeah. it's easy stuff. It's it's so not worth not doing it. Yeah, like just it just takes do it five minutes and or whatever. Like don't, especially if you're a new hunter, man. I learned a lot. As a new hunter, I didn't know right half yeah. the things to think about, like tree stand safety. Like, oh, dude, yeah, that's when that's you huge. when you told me we were going to talk about hunter safety today. The only thing I thought about was getting in and out of a tree stand. Oh, super, that was the only thing I thought sketchy. about. Super so, sketchy. I, could, I could talk for hours about that. <laughs> yeah, man, we're gonna. So don't worry. Um, so that's what you got to do. Highly recommend that hunter's ed course, but make sure your states allow it, and make sure there is an additional requirements. And pay good attention. And mine took about 13 hours, actually. It's like it really? 13 hours worth of stuff. But I did the in-person one, too, and it just was not even nearly as good. But that could just be my personal experience. Probably I, depends on who's teaching. I just I can't remember anything about mine. Like I said, it was you know over 10 years ago, and it was at a it was at a week long camp. So I imagine that we probably did stuff for it every day. And like part of having completed the whole camp, we, that probably went towards. Yeah, man, that'd be solid for a kid. It, I don't know. Because, like, mine was, like, these guys just assumed we all came from hunting culture, you know, in right. Indiana, yeah. a little bit of redneck area, 
And yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Well, we all know this. Like, I mean, I've been shooting guns. That's why I know that. But I wouldn't have known that if I was fresh out of the gate, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, so I'm looking up uh, that camp I was telling you about. It's, so it is still a thing. It's called Camp Earl Wallace. You can go onto uh, Kentucky Fish and Wildlife's website and uh, just search it. And it is a summer camp um, register by April. So, folks, if you want to get your kids into hunting or really anything outdoorsy, fishing, any of it, look this up. It's a, it was awesome for me. I it was one of the best things I did in my childhood as far as like getting into outdoor stuff. Yeah, man, I wish I had something like that. I kind of have been just on my own. It was super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, let's get into it. Um, let's talk about firearm safety. Firearm safety. Let's see. When you think of guns, hunting, what do you think the number one rule would be? Uh, just always point it at the ground or straight up in the air, yep. unless you're trying to shoot something. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to kill something or someone. And I yeah. say that instead of always keep the safety on. Because even if, you know, you may think you have the safety on, or you may even have the safety on, your firearm might, like, discharge, discharge just, yeah. like, malfunction and that kind of thing. And just the safest way to do it is always point it at the ground or always point it straight up. Yeah, my uh, my buddy's dad, who's a big influence in my hunting, he always tells me a loaded gun has never killed anyone, which obviously isn't true. Oh, yeah, I've, but, no, I've heard that yeah. before, too. <laughs> it's like, well, no one ever thinks it's loaded. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I actually have a, a kid I went to high school with. He, like... They were cleaning their guns and shot his brother in the head. Oh, my God. Yeah. Little brother. He's like 10. Oh, my God. Yeah. Super, super sad. I've I've had a misfire before when I, I was cleaning um, I was cleaning my 9mm, and I, I, I thought I had checked it. I had the magazine out. I was like, it's empty. I've checked it, and it went off Whoa. while I was cleaning it. Where? Um, was it at the range? It, no, it was, no, it was actually indoors. It was what? a few years back, and it freaked me out. Dude, I'd be extra paranoid. I am so. I will sit there and rack my gun about half a dozen times yeah, now I before I thing. before I do anything with That's it. That's crazy. Did it put like a hole in the wall or whatever? Yep. But, yeah. Did hole in the floor. Hole in the floor. Well, at least yep. it was in the ground, right? You're yep. not going through a neighbor's house. Yeah. That's terrifying. But, yeah, man, we've been. Dealing with guns for a long time. I know. Stuff still happens. Yeah. It can happen to anybody. Yeah. You had to point it at ground, thankfully. Right. A lot less damage. <laughs> Wasn't looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's terrifying. Yeah. 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 So that has my next note is don't rely on gun safety that all guns are always loaded. Yeah. Now, do you wear hearing and eye protection when you hunt? Um, hearing protection always. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Um, not eye protection. Typically, I probably should. Yeah. But since when I'm hunting is typically I'm not shooting, and if I do shoot, it's one shot, and there's not a ton of stuff flying around. It's, you know, yeah. It's not that important to me. But if I'm like on the range, if I'm sighting in a gun or something, yeah, somewhere in yeah, protection too. Too. I tend to. I've been trying to just wear my glasses because I'm blind as a bat when I hunt, yeah. just to kind of double down. But That's I always fair. wear hearing protection. Yeah. A lot of hunters don't. And like I, know. I, I have tinnitus from like shooting a twenty two growing up without ear protection. I, I occasionally get a little tiny bit of it. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, that's terrible. Um, I think hunters kind of lack that a lot. Yeah, a I, lot. I, especially a lot of the guys who are older than us. Like I think John Dudley's talked about him having some, some tinnitus. Stuff. Yeah, from 
just years of not using hair protection and dude I just like my stepdad always told me he's like 22 you don't need and it's like not loud enough still hear ringing when I go to sleep every mm-hmm. night drives me crazy. every night really almost every night wow if it's dead silent like it'll never be actually dead I need some kind of yeah. noise I only get it probably like once a week maybe every maybe yeah. even less often than that I'll get like maybe once every two weeks my hearing will just straight up go out and then I'll just hear ringing for like wow solid five. it's weird that's crazy it's, it's not good I can still hear fine but I know when I'm older yeah it's gonna be bad so I wear like the the over the ear yes like electronic muff style yeah. electronic that like amplifies yeah. sound when it's not yeah. a gun I wear those too and I couldn't I was gonna bring that up if you didn't but yeah. I love those Dude, they're the love best. them they're great and even um even when you're hunting they're great because you can turn them up so you can hear better yeah which is so you're hearing more stuff when you're not shooting and then it's still deadening the sound of the gun yeah however Squirrels already sound Dude, like deer. I know. <laughs> so I squirrels sound like that. fucking rhinoceroses. <laughs> <laughs> What's coming to kill me? <laughs> so sometimes I don't. Yeah, I'll have, have it turned to up. turn it down. I'll yeah. even like just take one ear off. Yeah, like the ear yeah. that's not next to the gun. So if, if I yeah. do have to shoot quickly, like I'm not going deaf him. Yeah, I I do recommend the over ear style. Yeah. I want to. So I wear glasses, right? Mm-hmm. So it kind of hurts my head after a while. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I'm gonna switch to the in-ear ones, like Dimitri has. Ooh, yeah. The, he's got the custom fit. I'm not classy enough for those. Yeah. I haven't tried those before. Yeah, I'll but that'd be some. nice. Because I know what you mean. When even like sunglasses or something yeah, like they that, kind of dig in. It'll kind of bug you. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't feel. I feel like I don't actually get a seal. So sometimes I don't feel like it's as good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I gotta start wearing consistent eye protection though. Somehow, even it's just clear glasses. Yeah. You know, because it takes one ricochet. Especially in our line of work, you know. Right. You drive yep. them off. Real bad. Yep. All right. Simple one. Don't do drugs or alcohol when handling a firearm. Yeah. Don't do the alcohol for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> or or the that. drugs. You, you kind of condone in the drugs. No, I just thought it was <laughs> funny the way you said. Funny the way you said that. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely not. That would be such a bad idea. Yeah, terrible, man. I've never. Well, I've heard of people drinking beer in the stand. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. God, it's such a bad idea. Such a bad idea. Yeah, that's just asking like, for Can it. you imagine getting out of a tree stand with a buzz? No. That'd be... I'd die. I'd die immediately. Especially some of the tree stands that I hunt are 25 feet tall. Yeah, and, like, and sketchily made It sometimes. makes you dizzy when you're up there yeah. sober. The tree's yeah. rocking a little bit. Yeah. It just takes a little extra rock to tumble on out. Yeah. Hung by your tree or like your harness or whatever. Okay, this is an important one. Know what is you're shooting at and what's behind it. Truth. Yeah, man. I uh, so I think you talked about this in yeah, the previous one, right? I did. My uh, my in-laws have a stand that it's faith it's overlooking the bottoms, right? It's a river mm-hmm. bottom that we over like we hunt over that he farms. And behind you is a hill. And deer like to come from behind. However, there is a house kind of in line with your shot if it isn't directly on the hill. Yeah. So, like, I was like, I'm not even going to look behind there. Like, yeah. I don't want buck fever to make me do something stupid. Yeah, that's true. Like, a 22 can travel a mile and a half. Really? Long, yeah. Did you yeah, know that? I, I did not know that. Until researching all this stuff. 22. Huh. Little tiny little baby. That's crazy. A mile and a half. So, yeah. shooting the ground. Know what you're shooting at. Yeah. Don't just see movement. I, I talked to some people, and... I'm not going to say his name, but at the dental school, big guy. Yeah. He's like, 
I uh, I saw some movement, so I took a shot. I was like, what? Oh, my God. I was like, yeah, we wounded it. Oh, my What if that was dude. a human? What if oh, that was a human? Like, I didn't say that idea. But, like, oh, man. Like, that could have been a person. That is ill-advised, yeah. to say the Especially, least. Especially, like, imagine if you're overlapping with turkey season or something. Right? What if some dude's out there in no orange, like, trying not to be seen by turkey? Yeah. Like, dead. God. Yeah, don't ever do that. That is a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah. It scares me, thinking about people doing stuff like that. And also, outside of, I know we typically focus a lot on deer hunting, but for those people who are listening to this podcast because they want to start getting into, like, bird hunting or rabbit hunting or squirrel hunting... Um, things that are, those are probably easier to access than deer hunting for a lot of people. Especially like buying, you know, buy a cheap 20 gauge shotgun. Those are super, yeah. Yeah. Um, but a a lot of times that can involve hunting with dogs. And if you're hunting a small game, know where the dogs are. Yeah. Don't accidentally shoot a dog because... Especially if it's not your dog, the guide will lose their mind. I mean, if you shot a dog anyway, someone, everyone would lose their mind. Yeah. It's a dog. Um, but yeah, a lot of times dogs will flush stuff, and like especially rabbit hunting, if they're chasing them, like, yeah. know where the dog is the whole yeah. time. Don't be shooting close to the dogs, even, especially with yeah. the scattered Yeah, don't, like, yeah, like, with a yeah. shotgun, if they flush, like, a pheasant or something, don't shoot straight over top of the dog's head. Like, Oh, and let's talk death hunting. Don't shoot at low birds. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I did it once, and I got yelled at. I was like, I'll never do that again. Yeah, if, if I yeah. ever saw the people that pepper me with shot when I'm not dog hunting, yeah. I would yell at them. Yeah, <laughs> But I it's happened it. many times. Yeah, he yelled low bird afterwards. It's like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Like, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. So it happens to everyone, but just think about it. Safety needs to be number one priority, but man, getting peppered with stuff isn't fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's scary. It's Especially like if you're not wearing eye protection, that's definitely when you need more eye protection. Right. 100%. Yep. Going out in the field. It's terrifying. All right. Do you keep any tape on your barrel when you go out hunting? Tape on my tape. barrel? Tape on the end of your muzzle. No. No. I'm going to start because keeping obstructions out of your barrel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I've like done the research and people put like a little piece of duct tape on the end and it doesn't affect your round because the air pressure of the expandable shoots the tape off. It's a real simple way to keep stuff out of your barrel. Huh. And it's like, you can have catastrophic malfunction. A couple of years ago, I, with a, at a sporting goods clearance store, they're like going out of business. I bought a couple of little, um, they're like, they're kind of like the shape of these beer cans, but like a little smaller. Um, and they're just like covers for your muzzle. Mm-hmm. And they go over the end of your gun and they have like a little elastic band that goes around the oh. other end. To like hold it on. Yeah, when you're for, walking in the stand. Yeah, for the same purpose. Um, well, I think but yeah, I suppose tape would do exactly the same yeah, job. And like if you're out west and you're hiking, yeah, you know that's like taking off that thing was a big extra step. You know, where right. you just pull the trigger. Yeah, pull the trigger. No, that's that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I think I'm gonna start doing that. I definitely like. I'm always pretty aware of what's going on in my barrel, but I'd like to look, think about it less. You mm-hmm. know, just a little bit, which is good. All right. Know your weapon. What does that mean to you, Troy? You know, <laughs> take it, it kind of ma- <laughs> <laughs> take it on a few dates. <laughs> to me, that means like you should have shot it before you go out hunting. Yeah, and not just 
once. Because I think, did we talk about last time, the first time that I shot at a deer with another guy's rifle, and he said it was calibrated? We, I think you and, and I might have talked about it, but I don't think the podcast. Well, anyways, we'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a first deer podcast, and I'll tell that story again. But basically, I shot a person's rifle that I had never shot before. I was told that it was sighted in. It was not sighted in. Um, and that is, like, the smallest possible thing that could go wrong. Yeah. Worst things could be if it's been really poorly taken care of for years and years and years, and you pull the trigger and it explodes in your face. Yeah, which would be a good time at the uh, hospital. Yeah, or you'd be, yeah, you'd spend some time in the hospital. Yeah, and know how it works, where the safeties are, how the mechanisms work. Know when something's wrong. What kind of ammunition? Know it how takes. to troubleshoot. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Gotta know if it gets jammed, know what to yeah. do. Don't be buying a rifle the day before season and then going to go hunt. You need to be out in the range shooting, practicing. You know, spend some time with it. And probably it'd be good to have cleaned, like disassembled and cleaned your firearm before you ever hunt with oh, it, yeah. so that you know oh, yeah. the inner workings. I think that's important. Yeah. It's definitely a huge thing. Mm-hmm. At least the most basic way to break it down. You can always get it serviced fully. Yeah. You know, like just clean the barrel and action at minimum. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. Um, keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to fire. That's a simple one. Yeah. A real simple one. If you're going to, even when you're aiming at your target, that finger doesn't touch your trigger until you're ready to pull it. Yeah. You know, pretty straightforward. I like the, the finger point whenever I'm holding a gun. Yeah. Pointing at your your target. Right. Pew, pew. Correct. Yeah. Good times. Um, unload your gun before doing anything besides walking. Or even walking. Yeah, matter. even walking. <laughs> yeah, even walking. I don't know why I put besides walking. But getting in a vehicle, take a bullet out. Going over a fence, take bullets out. Yeah. Getting in your stand, take the bullets out. Walking, don't have a bullet chambered. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's that simple. Like, oh, well, we already talked about be aware of people and then dogs around you. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about some uh, wilderness safety. Billy, you're such a sap. Um, what do you think about, what do you think the num- most important thing you should do when you go out somewhere, like in the woods? Safety wise, is um, make sure that somebody else knows where you're going. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. pretty. No one tell somebody. Just have someone aware of. Hey, if I'm not back by then, maybe send some help. <laughs> I ha- I just um, have like a permanent share my location thing on my phone for Emily, so that every time I go out in the field, she can pinpoint where I am if she can't hear from me. That's really nice. Yeah, so if something happens to me, my phone is always going to be sending my location to somebody. They make those SOS things too now, where it's like you press a button and sends to your local law enforcement or whatever an SOS. And it's called Life Alert, and you fall down <laughs> in your shower. <laughs> yeah, they've had that for a while. If you <laughs> fall in, you can't get up. <laughs> I wonder if they make that now. They should. But it's like, I was listening to a podcast, The uh, Hunter's Collective, this guy got attacked by a bear. Yeah. Yeah, it was... If you, if you I, haven't, that, I haven't listened to the podcast, but I saw all the story. Dude, nuts. But they hit that SOS button, and, like, they were in a Fognac Island in Alaska, which is, like, inhabited by, like, 35 people. So it went to, like, the main city. Dang. Yeah, the only downfall of it was, like, they didn't know what was going on, so they weren't, like, prepared for, like, a situation. Like, they just know someone's in trouble. 
You know, so they actually had to, they satellite phoned and called, like, hey, he was attacked by a bear, and the Coast Guard came. Damn, man. Like, make sure you have a safety net in case you don't make it back in time. Yeah. I had a, recently I had a buddy fall out of a stand, and, like, luckily he had his phone on because he broke his kneecap. And, oh, like, fuck. gashed his hand open, and he, like, couldn't move. But Dang. he called my brother-in-law, because they're really close buddies. I just know him from hunting. And being married now but um like got a call on like got him to the hospital he's was out of work for a long time like shoot it's long recovery like how do you you can't cast a kneecap <laughs> like yeah yeah i don't know it's, it's been rough so just make sure you know what's going on yeah and have a way to contact someone in case of something happening like whether that be a sat phone cell phone yeah, like if you're just in the woods and you have service on your phone, but if you're going backcountry, I think a sat phone might be a must. Yeah, I th- I think if you're like going to go public land hunting before you go out on your first hunt, and I'm speaking from experience here, before before you go out on your first real hunt, go out and scout and see if your cell phone has service. Yeah, because I I did that. I went out for my first hunt on public land this past year, and had not scouted it first. And I got out and was sitting in my spot that I decided to set up in and looked out on my phone and realized I didn't have service. Yeah. I was like, shit, this is Dangerous. probably not ideal. Yeah. I need to go back closer towards the you know civilization. Yeah. And So I think that would be a, a decent piece of advice. Yeah, just have some Know beforehand if you've got service. Yeah. yeah, and that brings us into our next point, knowing your terrain and scouting having good maps, yeah. like knowing what's going on, where you're going. I like, I haven't used, but my brother-in-law uses, and he showed me Onyx. Yeah, yeah. On his phone. And it like, he has like GPS coordinates that always work, whether he has yep. service or not. Like, it knows the maps. And you also know who owns the land, in mm-hmm. case you're like questioning. It looks like a pretty legit service. It is a, you have to pay for it, which I did not do this past year because I just wasn't doing enough public land hunting. But this coming deer season, um, assuming I do not have access to private land and will be doing mostly public hunting, um, I'll probably subscribe. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm moving to Missouri, so there's plenty of public land out there. I'm definitely going to get it. I want to get a public land buck really bad, man. I want to get a public land anything. Yeah. I don't even care. Well, we get dove every year. Well, yeah. I'm a deer. Yeah. (laughs) Male male or female. (laughs) I'd like red meat from (laughs) public land. Yeah. 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 I'm right there with you. But. Knowing your terrain is huge, and knowing how to read a map, have a backup too. Because what if your phone dies? What if you drop it? And the yeah. Screen breaks. And don't rely on Google Maps or any of yeah, those like no. internet browser maps because they they don't tell you. You know, you're looking at an overhead thing. Even if you're using the satellite view, you're looking at overhead, and if it's forested area, you can't see where there's a fifty foot cliff. Yeah. It just looks like trees, trees, trees. Yeah, green. Where there, yeah, there may be a big drop off that. Yeah. You may be planning to cross that area and then get out there and realize you're stuck and bad. can't get across. Yeah, and they call those maps, like traditional maps are called topo maps or topography maps. Mm-hmm. Learn to read it. YouTube has great, great little courses on how to read a topo map. It takes some practice, but it's worth finding the maps for the area if they have them. They sometimes don't have them, but just scout. That's where scouting comes in. You know like where you want to yeah. be. You know what kind of terrain, you're being safe, you're going slow, you're not worried about jumping animals as much, you know. It's a, it's a good way to do it. All right. 
Next one, this is kind of good for us to be talking about with our medical background. Be prepared for injury, you know. Yeah. So first aid kit. I think personally, and you can show your opinion on this, um, I think a tourniquet's probably the most important piece yeah. of emergency equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Would you agree? Um, yeah, for sure. And that doesn't mean you need to like pack something that you've explicitly determined to be your tourniquet. Yeah. Just like if you're if your pants have belt loops, just always make sure you got a belt on. Yeah. Or if you're bow hunting and you don't and you're wearing maybe bibs and you don't have a belt or anything. Worst case scenario, whip out your knife and cut your freaking bowstring off. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Like your life isn't worth a hundred. And also like keep your face away from it when you do that. Because yeah. like something will probably explode. <laughs> yeah, dude, turn away. And yeah, I might <laughs> I might yeah. have just given terrible advice. But <laughs> if you're bleeding out, yeah. It's okay if your bow explodes, just you know. Yeah, make sure you're safe. Yeah. yeah. And like I think bleeding is probably ble- bleeding or falling is probably the biggest cause of injury in hunting, I would say. Yeah. Because like we're just carrying a, Yeah, falling. Yeah. yeah. I mean falling, we're carrying things meant to kill things, right? Yeah. So if you fall on that, you there's a high risk of you becoming the receiving end of that. Or a buddy making a mistake, shooting at something that's moving, mm-hmm. not being aware. So be ready for that. Um like broadheads. I saw some guy I forget his name. I think he he does a podcast because I'm obsessed with podcasts. But um, he fell on his broadhead, got it through the leg. Oh, yeah. Ugh. But missed his artery, thankfully. But he had a tourniquet, and he used a lighter to make like a pressure thing when he tied with his belt. It was nuts. Oh, that sounds painful. No, and he had like the perfect like <laughs> three. Three blade yeah, puncture. Three. <laughs> <laughs> it's going like, to be an awesome scar, but oh. that sucks. Oh, yeah, man, that'd be terrifying. Like, and luckily I had three guys there. But imagine if you're alone. Like, you gotta have a way to get out. <laughs> Tell someone where you're at. Yeah, and it's through the leg, so it's either you're gonna suffer and walk your happy ass out of there yourself. But if you can't, what are you gonna do? You gotta be prepared for that. God mm-hmm. forbid you get shot in the leg. Yeah, you know, and you just put that tourniquet on quick. If you can, I would take a first aid course. If you're going to be hunting public land alone, hell, it's probably good for you to take just in God, general. Really, everybody should just yeah, know how to do yeah, first aid. Yeah, CPR too. Yeah. Like some hunt with buddy has a heart attack. I had a patient this week who said he had a heart attack uh, while hunting. Jeez. Yep. He said it was a massive heart attack too. Oh my gosh, man. Yeah. It's a miracle that he's alive. I know. I know. Yeah. Like that's that's terrifying. Yeah. So carry your bare aspirin. <laughs> What else? The oxygen tank might be a little much, but <laughs> yeah. If, if you're hunting, I'm going with, through Mona right now. If you're hurting with <laughs> if you're hunting with a, an old person who's got heart problems, make sure they bring their nitroglycerin with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. And bare aspirin. Um, yeah, and falling huge. Just falling in general, off of things, down things. Yeah, tumbling, be bad. So be prepared. Uh, I already talked about having a map. Get a compass too. Learn how to properly use a compass. YouTube again. That's how I learned. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the iPhone compass? I don't trust it. You don't trust it. I, I mean, I trust it when it's as like it has to have service though, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't just orient. Like I always have a compass. Granted, I just broke my compass because I accidentally left it in my pants and washed it, so it doesn't point north anymore. But <laughs> points towards the dryer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, having a compass, you just need a non non-malfunction no chance of 
malfunction. Like yeah, it's probably smart. Yeah, because a phone. Like how many times have we broke a screen on a phone nowadays? Especially an iPhone. Often. God, so many times. Yeah. And it just takes one drop, and especially if you fall or yeah. something. Like yeah. boom, gone, donezo. Mm-hmm. Go through water, get take, taken away by a river. Phone's done. So mechanical, stick mechanical. That's why I like maps too. Having a map of the area. Yeah. Kind of, you can kind of figure your way out if you know where you know north, south, east, west is. Yeah. And you can kind of figure out where you are by reading the terrain, right? That's why Topo's good. Okay. Dress for the weather. This is a huge one that you and I have been talking about a lot yeah, recently. Because oh. I think my equipment is not satisfactory for this anymore. Um, I know you had really good thoughts on it, so why don't you take the lead on this one? Did I? Yeah, about your freezing your ass off walk after walking in. Oh God! Well, yeah. I feel like most people, most people who have been hunting for a while for like a season or two can relate to this. But like, you know, you're gonna you're gonna want to go to a place. You're gonna want to go to a stand that is far enough away from the road or your your camp or whatever that the deer are gonna be comfortable there. So you're gonna be walking like you know probably a good half mile, probably longer sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I'm walking two miles. Um, and if if I'm if it's cold out and I'm dressed in several layers and I'm hiking my ass up a hill, um, I'm going to get to the stand and be just sweaty, sweaty. just yeah. swampy, just, yeah, which moist. a super dangerous place yeah. to be. which is fine for five minutes, but then you, like sit down and it's cold and then everything starts cooling off your body's no longer producing that heat and that those wet like layers of clothes that are closest to your body are just freaking freezing and like yeah it can it just makes the rest of your day miserable it makes it so hard to do a sit any longer than a couple hours which sucks yeah and that's if you're going home imagine you're out and BFE, right? Camping, yeah. what do you do? Yeah, like you freeze. You yeah. can potentially freeze to death and yeah. get hypothermia. Or, or rain also oh, yeah. makes a huge difference. I, I had I had a learning experience with that this year. Yeah, it was. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that cold. It was like forty degrees out, um, forty fifty degrees something like that. And it was gonna rain that day. I was like, okay, I got rain gear. I got it all. I got it all picked out. I picked a stand where the rain was going to be coming from behind me, so I could shield myself with the tree. Um, so I'm like set up for it. Fine. So I, I sit there and I just get pounded with rain for like two hours. That's so awful. And you know what? It was fine. I was I was perfectly comfortable. I was like, yes, I dressed for it today. I'm good. I'm a little bit wet, but I'm fine. But then it stopped. And this front rolled through that was like just 15 mile an hour wind, just constant. Cutting through those clothes. And I was absolutely shivering so hard that I couldn't have taken a shot if I had seen anything. Oh, man. And it it was like, what do I do now? Luckily, I was on private land and we had a box blind, you know, 100 yards away or something like that that had a heater in it. So I climbed my ass down. I was like, I was like there, if I'm this uncomfortable, there's no way any animals are coming out. I'm going to go get warm. So I climbed down. I even left my bow in the stand. I didn't even bring it with me. You didn't tell me that. I Dude, that. I, cl- I climbed down. I went into this box blind to crank that heater up. I just laid by it. I, I ran it for about an hour until I was dry and warm. And then by that time, you know, it was 
like three o'clock, so I hopped out and climbed back up in the tree. Yeah, man. It was all good, but I mean, if I didn't have that box blind, I would screwed. have been screwed. Yeah. So most hunting gear is made of cotton. Yeah. Unfortunately, and cotton kills. One hundred percent. Yeah, cotton is super dangerous. Wool and, is the way to go. Yeah, and let's be honest. Most of most of us newer hunters are not going to be going out and dropping a thousand dollars on a Sitka or a First Light no. system. <laughs> you mean a thousand dollars on the pants? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, eventually, <laughs> yeah, their stuff seems to be the way to go. But I mean, you know, Just when you're wearing the simple, the Walmart stuff and the whatever, like I have been for however many years now, yeah, it's just it's tough, man. It's super tough. It's tough. But wool is made of animal sheep fur, right? And it can get wet and still insulate you. So that's the way to keep safe. Keep your base layers wool, wool socks, wool pants, wool underwear, and it'll keep you warm versus cotton. Which allows evaporation to freeze you, yeah, to death. Yeah, and on the subject of wool socks, I, f- I feel like I should say that um, buying boots a size bigger than what is comfortable, I think, is a good idea. Yeah. But as much as I, as much as it's not comfortable to be hiking around in boots that are a little bit too big, once you're sitting still, if your feet are stuck in one spot and can't oh, you can't wiggle your toes, your feet are gonna freaking freeze yeah man at least like my extremities just get really cold really quickly like almost like Raynaud's type of thing yeah mine do too but i i make sure to wear boots that are a little bit too big so that i can move my feet around in them and keep them circulating and that seems to help me a lot yeah the movement is said to like be the key to keeping warm extremities not yeah. i don't layers. even wear two pairs of socks anymore. yeah that's not, a waste you're not of time supposed to. it's a it, waste of space it's, it's like apparently like the tighter things are yeah. It cuts off circulation to your extremities a little bit. Yeah. So, like, when your body's cold, it just instant freeze. Yeah. I, I just wear some loose wool yeah. fuzzy socks. Yeah. I wear super comfortable. I, I'm going to invest in an insulated boot just to kind of, because yeah. sitting on a stand, that metal saps heat from your feet. You know what I was thinking about the other day? Because we had talked about that. Um, my fly fishing boots, my wading boots, I have a, they're, they're the kind that have interchangeable outsoles. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about like wearing those with the felt <laughs> soles on them. You know, because you have like the felt soles the for when you're stand. like walking yeah. on rocky creek bottoms yeah. that are like slippery. Wear those in the tree stand. You've got a built in <laughs> carpet <laughs> right there. <laughs> and you can even hike in with the rubber soles yeah, and switch, switch them out when you get in the stand. Man. I'll let is, you do that. You let me know how yeah. it goes. Yeah. <laughs> They, I was going to get a, Schnee's makes a good boot that has like a liner, like a felt liner, not a felt liner. I don't know what it is, but they're interchangeable. So also, that idea is my intellectual property. FYI. Yeah, just so everyone knows. <laughs> you have to trademark. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean, you know, it might work. You just let me know. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's not a bad when idea. Get, when I get a paycheck, man, I'm going to get some new boots because I wear like quarter high I don't know if it's called quarter high, but like hiking boots, they're my, they're great hiking yeah. boots, but there's no insulation. They're meant for hot weather hiking. I've got some insulated like winter like 400 gram to insulate yeah. boots. I'm not a huge fan of them because they're super heavy and not yeah. very comfortable. Yeah. And then I've got some 
really they're just muck boots, like Red Hand, like Bass Pro brand yeah. muck muck boots. Yeah, I, know I wear those most of the year. Yeah, they're not them. breathable at all, and they're like knee high, so you can if you're if it's hot out, your feet are just drenched in sweat, and it's gross. Yeah. Um, however, they're great for cooler to somewhat cold weather because they're a little bit big. They aren't breathable, so you're not losing any heat out of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're good yeah. for scent too. I hear. I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. And and that I can. Rubber doesn't. You know, I can I can wade through up to my knees, almost up to my knees, That's and true. not have any issues. See, I'm like, good. I've thought about like, do I get those boots? Because most white, a lot of whitetail hunters hunt in those. Like, that's a very common thing. boots. Yeah, for the reasons you just stated, yeah. and like. I just like a hiking boot. I feel comfortable in a hiking boot, you know? So, like, that's fair. You know, I don't know. They're not comfortable walking around. Muck boots are not comfortable yeah. hiking around in, but they're, I like them once yeah. I'm sitting down. So, like, I'm trying to do the buy once, like, cry once, and get, like, a good pair of hiking boots yeah. so I can go from, like, because I'm, I'm officially planning my elk hunt. Did I tell you that? No. I officially started. Um, I, really? I, I like, I listened to the Novice Hunter podcast, which, you should listen to. I really should. Yeah, he's a good Jeff Belknap. Me and him have been talking a little bit over Instagram. Seems like a great guy. And he had a guest on who's from Louisville. His name is Jacob uh, Coons. And he has like a elk, hunting elk in 12 months course. And like he does like a whitetail one-on-one course. And uh, I'm going to yeah. have him on here. I talked to him. And we're going to get him on the podcast. But uh, yeah, man, I, I like immediately, like this guy... Is gonna get me on my elk next year, dude. I bought the I'd course. I'd be happy to join. He sent me a bitchin' coupon, man. He gave me like fifty. He gave me fifty percent off his course because I like talked to him. I was like, hey, I'm doing this, so we're gonna get him on. And I officially bought the class. Does he guide hunts or does he just no no? He just ropes? he's dude. The guy is super knowledgeable. Like, so is it gonna be like an OTC hunt or uh, I don't know yet. You don't know yet. I don't know yet. I literally just like. Officially, like I've been saying it for the most of the year, I'm like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. I took the first step two days ago. Oh boy, yeah, nice. So I'm pretty stoked on it. And to get him to come down, or I go there, or whatever, get him on the podcast, I'm pretty excited because the novice Jeff Belknap, the novice. Oh, yeah, let podcast. me know about that. Yeah, man. If, if you, you want to come on, I'll, I'll I'd, I'd just like to, yeah, just hear what he has to say. Yeah, really, man, he's, if nothing else, listen to his most recent podcast. I don't even have to co- like con- contribute anything to the podcast i can just sit there and listen listen more than welcome to more than welcome to but like the guy he did his first elk hunt last year and he like took the process of figuring that all out and put it into a course it seems and the guy is just incredibly intelligent you can tell by listening to him talk that he just knows the ecology of the animals he's hunting and knows what they're doing what they're thinking and like i mean i'm sure he's not like perfect by any means but he's just a smart dude who likes the biology of these animals yeah, I forgot where I was going with this. But, oh, boots. So that's why I kind of want to get these these boots so, like, I can go out west. Yeah. I have to buy that's a cool, whole man. new pair. But the muck boots are great for whitetailers. I know that, especially if you're not walking too far. Or maybe just wear, like, a pair of sneakers out and put them on. You know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Next topic. I don't know. Next topic. Oh, let's talk about uh, fire safety. I think this is a big one. Especially with what happened in California this year. Yeah. You know, dry, dry area causing a forest fire, a massive forest fire. Yeah. You know, it's it's real easy to be dangerous with fire. So my big thing is clearing the area, like a good, good clear of the area. Clear Before the, ever starting the yeah, fire. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of the duff, which is all the, like leaves and junk on the ground under it. Get to bare dirt. 
if you can, you know, and just clear an area. So if any stray sparks, which always happen, yeah, like you have room, and don't be leaving a fire going, especially if it's a super dry, super dry area. Don't be leaving a fire going all night. You know, if it's winter, it's one thing, but you know, just be safe. And if there's a no burn rule, follow it. Cause it's for a reason. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, that a, a camper ruined the lives of how many people last year? Like, that's it's it's a messed up way to think about it. And I'm sure that guy, like, he doesn't need to feel guilty because it was an accident. But like, that's what happened. The consequences yeah. of uncontrolled burn is you took he he's responsible or she I don't know who did it is responsible for the loss of families' homes and mm-hmm. livelihoods and lives and cars and. That's messed up, but there are huge consequences to not following the rules. So, be safe. Let's talk bears. 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 Beats. Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) False black bears. Great show. Great show. Okay, what about bears? Have you had any experience with bears? Uh, No. I am, I guess, maybe fortunate to be one of those people that gets to hunt in bear-free areas yeah i mean if i wanted to hunt for bears it would not be fortunate but i have never gotten into bear hunting so it's been yeah. nice to Which not have to worry about them and kentucky has bears Black eastern bears. kentucky does yeah i yeah. think western does too a little bit western had one sighted which means last year yeah. but it was just one and it was just one time that they sighted it so um and nobody heard anything about that afterwards so when I, I don't see know if one it was sighted. That means like ten are there to me because <laughs> everyone knows the woods, man. Well, but it would. You don't. Know I, ca- I can't remember exactly the story, but it was a really, it was really weird circumstances that it came about. It wasn't just like someone was out in the woods and saw a black bear. It was just like, it was like in, a, it was just a weird area, some sort of weird circumstance that made, for whatever reason, my father-in-law and I were talking about it. It was like, mm, there's probably not actually black bears here. Someone probably brought oh, that bear. one. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, like, Tennessee has a bunch of bears. Missouri has a bunch of bears. Like, the surrounding They're going to get them in Western South. Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. It's going it's to happen because as... they've got armadillos now, and they didn't yeah. before. Yeah. But if you drive around, you know, Dawson Springs area, there are armadillos on the side of the road. Yeah. I think these warmer climates are pushing animals north. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. There's but no science behind that. That's just me speaking. You are fake news. I'm fake um, news. Zenith. um but yeah so i I don't i don't hunt in areas that i am aware of black bears or grizzly bears or any sort of bear at all um but i know that you have things to say about if you're in yeah bear territory i mean i don't have bear experience i've never seen a bear in the wild i've had a bear shit next to my tent in alaska which is you're lucky that's all it did next to your tent well we Luckily, have. how next to your tent? Like n- not outside directly the door, next to my or... tent. But we have a bear fence, right? Which is an electric fence that's solar powered, just to kind of deter bears. I mean, right outside the line, there was a huge pot. We have a picture of it. I think we hung it on the wall. Yeah, a mean, picture of bear shit on your wall. Yep, yep. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, that was our honeymoon. I mean, I'm. I thought that was pretty cool because you know, but bears aren't a joke, man. It takes once. It takes to get the bad luck one day. Yeah. Yeah. Um. A pepper spray, like the bear spray, is common way to do it. But I would not freaking I don't trust, trust pepper spray. I don't trust it. If I was going, it'd be out my first bear, line. Yeah, and 
It usually will deter a bear it. for a minute. I wouldn't even bring it. Yeah. Oh, I just, I'd bring it. When I'm, I, I just feel like as it is when I'm going out into the field, I have a very limited amount of space. Granted, part of that is because I use a really cheap, old, tiny backpack. I need to get a new hunting pack. Yeah. That's besides the point. Um, <laughs> um, but I feel like I need to be sp- like space efficient. And most of these, most new hunters are going to be the same way. We don't have, you know, you're not going to go spend a yeah, ton of money a on a drawstring bag for yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So I want to be efficient with my space. I would probably wouldn't waste my. This is just me personally. Yeah. I have no experience in bear territory, like I said. I would not waste my space on pepper spray. It would be a three fifty seven revolver or bigger. Yeah, go for it. And just don't, yeah, don't I I would yeah. I don't have one, but if I were in bear territory, I will be. I will yeah. definitely be buying a forty four magnum. Well, I have a rebuttal to that. Okay. In that, you have to be real accurate with a revolver. And I don't get me wrong. Ninety like I'm carrying a revolver or a gun of some kind if I have. Half them. Yeah, I'm getting one for graduation pre pump time mm-hmm. because I've wanted one, and we always carry bear spray. But bear spray, it's like you cover a surface area. Really? Yeah, and it doesn't. How much? How like how much? It's a spray, man. But it's only like you got only got like ten seconds worth because it unloads. It's a yeah. big. We like so when That's you buy great. bear mace, it comes with a practice one, and you shoot it, and it goes like it gives you a recoil. Really. And it, it's a cloud, but like it's. I've heard stories, and I don't know if they're true, but they're enough for me to be carry a, a secondary. Yeah. In that, a revolver, but like it'll deter a bear, but it won't stop a bear. Like it'll yeah. have them, they'll loop around. I just, I, and again, Especially I don't have any like experience. Mama. But yeah, I, yeah. I feel like if, if a bear was close enough to me and acting aggressive enough that I thought I was being attacked to where like bear spray would be something that I'll be getting out to use. Yeah. It's also that bear is probably close enough to me that I'm willing to bet my life that I can shoot it with a revolver. Yeah. Like it's inside yeah. 10 yards. And the statistics say, right, like most people can't do that. Really? Yeah. Most people cannot do that. Um, so they say you carry a gun for your buddy. So if he gets attacked, you're there. So that leads me to my next point is I would avoid hunting alone. In bear country. In bear country. Yeah. That's, that's just me. That's I know. I would of, agree with that. Yeah, that's just me. I've never really even thought about it, but... Yeah. Like, yeah. Animals are sneaky, dude. They can just appear out of nowhere. Yeah. And if you don't have anybody with you watching your back... I don't know how easily a grizzly bear could sneak up on you and you'd have no idea. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I imagine it, it's probably scarily. Have you seen that video going around of that the, mama bear? Going after the black bear? Dude, I've never seen a creature scale a tree. I watched that like that four f- times. I was like, I, I've never been more terrified in my life. Yeah. Watching that video. That thing covered like, 100 yards in like a split second. A second. That was faster than any like pro NFL player doing a 40. Yeah. Ever. And I just, I was like, oh my God. So, like, imagine that coming at you as fast as this is. You having to draw your weapon and be accurate. And then your adrenaline's That's just true. shaking, yeah. you know. So, I think the bear spray is probably will get you to a point where you can draw your weapon safely. Like, I yeah. I carried it on my, my backpack sling when we were mm-hmm. in Alaska. Um, when we were out west, 
just hiking because me and my wife do a lot of hiking. Microphone, I know you want to hear that. Just looking at you. Um, <laughs> I pretend it's a person when you're not here. <laughs> I imagine. <so. laughs> like it's so hard to talk to yourself. You just kind of <laughs> stare at something. Um, <laughs> but I think that, I think it's valuable to have both. I think it's not a waste of space personally. That's fair. Yeah. I, I, can, I can get behind that argument. And if you're hiking, you know, they say bear bells. But they always say, you know, how do you know a bear has been around town eating tourists? <laughs> Their shit has rings. Every time they shit, it rings and it smells like pepper spray. <laughs> so, um, you know, but if you're hunting, you want to be quiet. I know rain. Um, that's a picture of your dad on your phone. He's calling for some reason. Shirtless. <laughs> He's got a big bass. Oh, that is a big bass. bass. I didn't see the big bass. Should I answer your dad at the sound? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's important. Yeah, the, they will be, uh, they'll be, they'll be pretty solid. Hey, I'm I'm podcasting with Alex right now. Let me let me talk to you later. I'm like, you don't care. A- Alex says, "Hey." Yeah, it's not a big All deal, right. man. We'll edit that out. Yeah, I'll put a little music or something. He's he's super psyched about his uh, new binoculars that we got. Did I tell him tell mm-hmm. you we got him uh, the Vortex Crossfire binoculars mm-hmm. for Christmas? Solid. Yep. So we need to go hunting with him, man. We should go. We need to one. We need to tailgate with him. Your family. Yeah, we do. You're right. Because we just need to cook a bunch of stuff. We really should. Yeah. Oh, dude, you should. He hadn't been hunting in forever. He doesn't. He doesn't go anymore. He doesn't really. He doesn't have anywhere to do it. Hardly. Um, That's a shame. He's got a buddy who's got some family land in Western Kentucky that he'll go to once a year. But I don't think he went this well, last. Dude, when I have, year, when I have, have deer camps, your dad wants to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be cool. Good. What were we talking about? Uh, bears. Um, bears. Yeah, yeah. Pooping. Hot yeah. peppers. That'll be where we start. I forgot what was wrong with that. But uh, yeah, so I think, I think uh, bear spray is worth it. I think it's worth the space in your bag. I carried it on my hip and my backpack, like this the drawstring. I'm gonna keep my revolver right on my chest. Yeah. yeah. But I think a good in bear country, a good backpack on your back is good in case you do get attacked. You mm-hmm. roll on your stomach, cover your head and neck. Right. Yeah. Tear into that pack more than anything, you know. Before they go full blown. Revenant, sure. yeah, no Leo DiCaprio on your ass, dude. I just, I can't imagine the adrenaline rush. And the odds are in your favor. Like you're never, like the odds of you ever getting attacked by a bear is super low. But, but once you get attacked, the odds are not in your yeah, favor. Yeah, <laughs> it just takes one. <laughs> it just takes one. So, yeah, be prepared. Do your research. Talk to local, local residents yeah. about what not to do. Oh, bear bags and food and camp. Let's talk about that. Um, yeah. Anything that could smell delicious needs to go in a tree somewhere. Let's talk about meat. Let's say you are lucky and you get a get a creature. Bears will claim kills. So if you get a huge animal that you need to part out, put that all of it up in a tree before you start packing out anything. What about throwing it in a... Well, I guess you're not going to carry a big-ass cooler into the woods. No. Mm-mm. Be packing it out. But I'm it just all. thinking about... If I'm hunting somewhere close. But, okay, yeah, continue. Yeah, if you're hunting somewhere close, put that shit in your car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be done with it. Big old Yeti cooler. Yeah, but, like, toothpaste, people don't think about. Um, bears like toothpaste? Bears like, it smells like mint, man. Huh. Bears are primarily vegetarian. Like, huh. ironically, okay. but if they find something, like, or find a cub or, not a cub, well, male bears kill cubs, fun fact, and eat them. Yeah. Cannibals. Assholes. Sick bastards. But, um... 
anything that has a scent to it, deodorant has a scent to it, hmm. uh, mouthwash, whatever you're bringing in that could smell baby wipes. But that all up in a tree, far from camp, at least 100 yards from camp. You know, hmm. um, yeah. if you're brushing your teeth, spit away from camp, far away from camp, stuff like that. Anything that could draw something in, because we like to flavor things deliciously. You know, and bears like flavors too. Yeah, they do, and they can smell it much farther than we can. And if you're a heavily hunted area, gunshots are the dinner bell for a lot of bear guts. They'll eat the remaining guts. Mm-hmm. They hear a gunshot; they're heading towards it. So, part out your animal, move it quickly to a different location, and get it up somewhere. You're all your big stuff. You're not packing out immediately. Okay, you know, it's a process, but it's I mean, it's why we do it, right? It's mm-hmm. work. Something to think about. Okay, uh, bear fences. I think they're worth it after Alaska seeing a big pile of bear poop right outside our camp. It's like, yeah, that fence might have had something to do with it. Worth investing in. Yeah, for sure. Camping out, especially if you're going to have a camp. And just like literally just a screen, like a little string, I mean, it just goes around everything and a little electric charge through it. Just deters them. I don't know what it is. <laughs> worth it. All right, tree stand hunting. Now, I know you got a lot to say about this. Yeah, we can talk about this one. Yeah, let's go. I don't know much about bears, but I can do I can do tree stands. You can do the tree stands? Yeah. What uh, What are your big concerns getting in a tree stand? What are you thinking? What's your... Or setting up a tree stand? You, you know what? You take the lead on this one, boss. Um, setting up a tree stand, even? Yeah. I mean... Use... All of the straps and shit that they include in all of the packages. Don't just, like, like if you're doing a lean-to, it's going to have, like, you need to be using, like, two ratchet straps up at the top and two more, like, rope-type straps that should wrap around the back of the tree, crossing and then attaching to the ladder. Um, and that should, you should be able to, by the time you get up in your stand, and ratchet down those straps. You should be able to sit there and shake it as hard as you can. It should not move at all. Um, and I don't think everybody does that. Mm-mm. But I don't like. I did, I'm not down with a wobbly tree stand. Hell, it is. No. I and I've done it all. I have been in not well secured tree stands. I have hunted without a harness. Like, just using, like, a rope wrapped around my waist as a harness. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, I've, I've been there. This is all terrible. from my experience. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. Yeah, buy a nice harness. You can buy a harness that's crappy and, you know, will attach you to the tree, but is super bulky and heavy and not comfortable and might, like, rack your nuts when you fall out of stand. Yeah. Or you can get a nice harness, like I've... You know, I got a, a nice harness as a gift a couple years ago. It's great. It's low profile. Um, I think it's Muddy Outdoors. Okay. Um, but it's low profile. It's The buckles are silent, so you can put it on That's in nice. the field. and It's not making loud noises. Um, it's comfortable. Nice. You can hike in it. It's no big deal. Um, put I, Honestly, you probably need two people to safely put up a tree stand so that when one person is going up in the stand to ratchet it the other person can be holding the ladder still yeah. in case you're not on stable ground yeah. um, my father-in-law and I do that every year we go out there together um, put up 
we, you know, we have probably two dozen stands out there. And we go and put all the gear up in them, um, make, put new straps up, make sure everything's secure and safe. Um, and he, he holds the ladder. I climb up there, ratchet all the straps down, make sure it's secure. Um, so it's really important to make sure that your stand is secure before you ever even think about firearm safety yeah. or bow safety. Your tree stand has to be secure to the tree. It sure. needs to be part of the tree. For sure. And I'll add to that, like, where you hook up your harness needs to be that if you were to fall, your body isn't going past the platform. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I, me personally, when I hook my stand up, um, and, and I've done it enough times now that I can pretty much eyeball it and put it in the right spot on the first try, but I like to be able to hook up my harness to the tree and then when I'm standing there in the tree in a position that I would be drawing my bow, if I lean out more than about eight inches over the end of the stand, I'm now being completely supported by my harness. So I'm, I'm, it's fairly restricting. It's like yeah. it makes it a little bit difficult to even reach your backpack under your seat if it's under your seat. But if you even like start to doze off, if you just fall a little bit, it's just it's gonna hold you up. Yeah, and that's um, the way to do it, especially if you got a hang to, yeah. not even a lean to, just like yeah, stress. if you're hanging one up, yeah, yeah, man, which is super super important. And if you can't get into the platform, it's just as dangerous as falling, right? Yeah, because you're constricting all that blood to your body, and people die just hanging there. Yep, it's like it's not a and that's why and that's why you need to leave the so at least on my harness i there's a little black bag with a strap in it like a big long nylon strap and it's super annoying cuz it like dangles there in front of me when i'm walking and shit but what it's for is if you do fall you can basically wrap it up through part of the harness let it hang down by your feet step in it with your foot oh. and it's going to take the weight out of the harness that's around your legs so that your legs can get blood flow again wow. so that you're not going to cut off circulation so it's like a safety strap that's huge um and it literally all it is is just a strip of nylon yeah i don't have many tree stands i hung out of that i'm like man i need to have a, a harness for this i definitely need to get one regardless but that's an investment i haven't made yet and yeah I, it's, it's stupid of me it's it's worth it um, in yeah any situation, especially bow hunting. From you know from it's mostly what I do. Yeah, and you're moving um, a lot when you're bow hunting. Because, yeah, because I'm I'm not using the shooting rail. There's nothing out in front of me yeah. keeping me secure. Right, so you have to have a, a harness yeah. on all the time. It's super important. Luckily, I only bow hunted from a blind this year. Gotcha. It's pretty comfortable. Yeah. Um, climbing up as well into the stand, you should have your harness hooked to something. You know, not just climbing up freehand. You should be latched on. Yeah, if you were and, to fall and the, off there, yeah. you know that's that's huge. That's important. My buddy who fell this year, he got to the top rung, put a little bit of weight on the stand, and it collapsed. The strap snapped, man. Yeah, man. Um, crazy. I I I know that they do make harnesses that you can that you're secured while you're climbing up the ladder, yeah. but that's not something that I have the luxury of right now. Yeah. But that's that's why my father-in-law and I put so much emphasis on pre-season tree stand safety. Make sure that everything is absolutely rock solid. You could jump up and down the stand and it wouldn't move. Um, never climb up with your firearm or your bow in your hand. It always needs to be that's huge. Attached man. to the tow rope. 
you know, just have a tow rope on every mm -hmm. stand, and we switch them out almost every year so that we can make sure that they're solid. solid yeah. um, and before, you, even during the season, when you know that everything's good, before you climb up, before you even attach your firearm or bow to the tow rope, yank on the tow rope mm -hmm. because sometimes they dry rot. If it's weird weather, they'll just dry rot really fast. And if you put all your weight on a tow rope and it holds steady, you're good. But sometimes you do that and it will snap. And then it's like, wow, I'm really glad I didn't put my $1,000 bow on that. Yeah, or you know? like that could say something about your or, straps on your stand too. Right, like, yeah, then uh, you need to go check those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so always check your tow rope before you climb the ladder. Yeah, and a lot of people, like my father-in-law, they leave everything out all season. Right? Yeah. And trees grow. A lot trees of people change. Do that. A lot of people Straps do dry rot. Every year, I think straps should be replaced. Yep. We do it. We go out and check everything every preseason and every, as uh, soon as the season, or not as soon as the season closes, but um, basically we have like seat pads and the four straps that I talked about on every stand. So two ratchet straps around the back and then two regular straps that are going from the top of the stand, crossing behind the tree and attaching to about halfway up the ladder. Mm -hmm. So during the off season, we only have one ratchet strap. The other three straps are not attached. Okay, so they're being maintained. So yeah, so we're keeping those indoors. They're yeah. climate controlled and all that, so they're fine. Um, but we do still every yeah. year test everything before we ever hunt out of it. That's that's the way to do it. And yeah. Maintenance is a huge part of tree stand hunting. Yeah, just knowing your equipment, knowing how to one, knowing how it goes up. Knowing how it goes down and yeah. maintaining it is huge. Yeah, don't leave your shit out all year. I know a lot of people do that, but I so many people do. It's it. just not. It's not a good idea. It's not safe. No, and it's we, not. My buddy, because he's part of my buddy who fell is part of our deer camp, and he was hunting pre deer camp, pre rifle season, and man, it just kind of put everyone in check because they all did their pre checks like they do every year, and it still happened. Yeah, you know. So just be prepared, and this is stuff you got to be anal about, and paranoid about because it just takes one like a bear just takes one yeah so that's important uh i looked at some research and people like to talk about the three-point rule when climbing um always have three points of contact when climbing. Yes. Um, pretty straightforward two hands one foot two feet one hand your head doesn't count <laughs> you know yeah so just have something hanging on yeah every like three points of contact and know know what's above you um you know because you may one year, you may have a perfect path going up your ladder, but the next year, stuff may have grown yeah. farther over, and you may have a big branch that's hanging out over it, and it may not hit you, but it may it might grab your pack as you're going up. Yep. And if you don't have those three points of contact, and you've got a big branch pulling on your pack, and you don't know it, when you let go with that other hand or something, could go down. It could pull you off. Yeah. So be aware. And. Man, I forgot what I was going to say. It's just a dangerous situation. Oh, you're going to be doing that in the dark. Right. Yeah. So preseason checks, preseason everything is humongous. Yep. Going up it a few times, understanding how it's working. I mean, you're going to be going up and down almost dark, if not dark. Yeah. You know, so you got to be safe. Mm -hmm. safe. Mm -hmm. All right, man. I think that covers most of hunting safety. Um, I do have one thing to add. Yeah. We did not talk about how to get your bow or gun in and out of the stand. Oh, okay. We mentioned that tow ropes exist, yeah. but so you need to have your tow rope obviously attached to the top of your stand. I usually attach it to 
one of the little armrests on your stand if you have armrests. Um, it needs to be something strong that you can put a lot of weight on. Um, like paracord. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, so just something yeah. something strong enough to hold more weight than just your gun or bow. Um, always, always when you're bringing your gun up into a stand, it has to be pointing down. Yeah. Do not point it up. Yeah. Just wrap the rope around the stock. Make sure it's really, really secure. Like pull on the gun yeah. once you've got it on there. And unloaded. Yeah, unloaded. Your magazine needs to be in your pocket. Yeah. Um, so that way, you climb up in your tree, your gun's hanging below you, you pull it up and it's facing away from you. When you leave, same thing, gun's still pointing down, you lower it down first, it's pointing away from you, then you climb down. Yeah. And that's where tape on the barrel comes in handy. Yeah, also that. Um, and then with, with your bow, if you're someone who, you know, really all of us are going to be using a, a side-mounted quiver, pretty much, at least to carry your bow to the stand. I don't use one when I'm in the stand, I take it off, but when I'm walking there, I've got a side-mounted quiver. I always have my arrows, my bow facing so that my arrows are pointing the direction I'm going. So when I'm going up, my arrows are pointing straight up, so when I pull my bow up, my fletchings are down, so nothing's going to be catching them and trying to pull my arrows out. Because if you, and then same thing when you're climbing down, your arrows need to be pointing down. So your bow is now flipped upside down so that the same thing, nothing's going to smoothly. Right. Because if you try to lower your bow down with the fletchings pointing down, you're, and I've done this, but this is why I do it because I've done it many times. You lower it, it catches a tiny little branch that you don't see and pulls one of your arrows out of the quiver and like flings it somewhere. A yard dart coming to your face. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, either it's, on the ground, it's not safe below you now, especially if it's dark. You don't know what you're climbing down onto. Um, and also, like, arrows are freaking expensive. Yeah. You know, that's a, at least, like, $12, $15 that you've got. <laughs> you yeah, just, man. You just flung it somewhere in the dark. You have no idea where it is. Like, <laughs> as dental students, we value those $15 yeah, quite a lot. Really, hunters in general, like, we spend a lot of money on oh, hunting gosh, stuff. Gosh, we spend so much money. It's funny. Yeah. Just be aware of the orientation of your firearm as you're pulling it in and out of the stand. Yeah, that's a very good point I never really thought about. Yep. Yeah, very good point. And at least double, at least double knot, a yeah. double overhand. Oh, man. Um, at least. Yeah, even triple, quadruple. All right, yeah. man. Any more concluding thoughts? God, everybody's going to be so safe now. It's yeah. Gonna be great. I know. Good. Um, my concluding thought is that make sure you – do your hunter safety and pay good attention to, especially if you've never handled a firearm before, never hunted around people before. Every state has requirements, so look them up. Be lawful. All right? Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for coming on, brother. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you to Mr. Troy Miller at Elift Hunt on Instagram for joining us today. If you haven't started following him, you definitely should, so please do. Again, if you have any questions or need any clarifications or just want to tell me how much I stink or terrible at this, shoot me a line at lessonsofthewild at gmail.com or on Instagram at lessons underscore of underscore the underscore wild. Okay? Okay. Have a good day, everyone. I appreciate you listening.